Good afternoon. It's time for another episode of Never Punt, Never Parlay, a college football show that talks about betting. I'm your host, Parker Fleming. You find me on Twitter at Stats of War. And alongside me, I have, as I will, every Tuesday from now until the cows come home. Of course, the cows coming home being the end of the college football regular season. Uh, I have my friend Douglas Farmer. Uh, Douglas, my whole goal with this introduction was to make you make that face there. So chalking up a win to this, this show already starting today. Hey, if we're going to get a win a minute into this, we're setting a pretty high bar for the next 45 minutes. I don't think we're going to keep up that kind of rate, Parker. Well, it should be should be a good show regardless. We are, of course, never punt, comma, never parlay. Uh, and we are part of the hammer on Hit the Books HQ. Make sure you're subscribed to that, subscribe, excuse me, to that YouTube channel. You'll get uh, our show and you'll get uh, Kanish and Powers over there talking about their favorite bets as well, all in one place from the hammer. Make sure you're uh, subscribed there. A lot of good content today. Of course, we are going to be previewing the Pac-12 and the Mountain West. Now, before we get further on that, I do want to say, if you have a question about another conference, about uh, other plays that you might like or might be interested in, you should go back and uh, you should go back to Big 12, SEC, ACC. We've covered the Sun Belt, the Conference USA, the American as well. So uh, the Mac even with the Big 10 as well. So all those shows are back in the feed. You can get all of our best info on that as well. But today we are going to focus on Pac-12 and we are going to focus on, uh, after, after the Pac-12, we'll focus on the Mountain West, which uh, Douglas, I don't know about you. I'm actually a little bit more excited about the Mountain West than the Pac-12 in terms of having an edge here this this uh, uh, this week. Does that Does that vibe with you at all? When it comes to having an edge, I can see where you're coming from. But if we're talking about excited for a conference, it it is fitting. It is sad. It is bittersweet. It's hard to be more excited for a football conference this year than the Pac-12. Like When you're just talking, who am I excited to watch this year? I am so excited for Pac-12 football. And I want to lead off here with just a quick note. Thank you to the Pac-12, whoever is in charge of the scheduling matrix. If you want to acknowledge there are four real contenders in this conference, all four of them play each other. They have a round robin between like, USC, Oregon, Washington, and Utah. Wait, this is why the Pac-12 has never made the playoff all these years because they just eat themselves. But from our entertainment standpoint, I am so grateful and so appreciative. We're going to get to see Bo Nix, and Michael Penix, and Caleb Williams, and hopefully Cam Rising really go at it with each other. And like you would expect to get like three games out of that mix, not all of them. If the Pac-12 scheduler had been like – you know what? Screw the playoff. We're not going to make it this year. And we're going to try to maximize TV revenue. Would they have done anything different than what they've done? No, like that's exactly what this is. And it's great. It makes for great football. And as people who, you know, I don't care that much about the playoff. I think it's a lot more fun to watch a regular season. I'm here for it. So without further ado, let's get into, let's get into the Pac-12 and let's start, um, Let's start on a dour note. I think that all of our plays in the Pac-12 might be a little a little dour. I don't know that we're going to be high on anyone. Them. We, we, we just said how entertaining it will be. And here comes just a deluge of unders. Douglas, uh, the Stanford Cardinal, not, not in a great situation. Uh, they moved on from David Shaw, hired an FCS coach, going to try some different things here. You've got a play to start us out on Stanford. What are, what are you looking at? Um, first of all, I want to acknowledge a piece of gambling 101. Like a carpenter has to measure twice, cut once, check your bets twice in the bet slip before you place them. I almost made a huge mistake betting Stanford today. I was looking at our futures board and I went, huh, you can get Stanford over two and a half at Circa at plus 125 and Stanford under two and a half at FanDuel at plus 128. That 
that looks great. And then I looked closer. If you look on this screen here, FanDuel got a little tricky and put the under on top and the over on bottom, trying to sucker me in so that I would click the wrong one, which I very much did, but I caught myself. I didn't, I measured twice and cut once. So gambling one-on-one, always double check this. This is a little, I like FanDuel for the most part, but this is shady. This is trying to beat the better in a, a duplicitous fashion. Shame on them. That said, my Stanford bet is the under two and a half at plus 128 at FanDuel. The, the little piece they hid there. And it's it's what a fall from the Stanford Cardinal. This is this is bad, Parker. It's I wanted to run through a few numbers with you before I really get into it. We have now looked at all 10 conferences and the independents. Do you realize that Stanford's odds to win the Pac-12 are three times worse than the next worst team in the Pac-12 being Colorado at 750 to one compared to 250 to one? There are only three schools in the rest of the country that have that kind of discrepancy compared to the rest of the conference. Those three schools being New Mexico, Kent State and Virginia. So that shows you like that's the level Stanford is compared to the rest of Pac-12 gets worse. This is the only power five team with an over-under at two and a half. Parker, off the top of your head, can you name the other two teams in the country, I just narrowed it by half, who have over-unders of two and a half? So Virginia's that low, right? No, but that that was just uh, conference futures. Oh, uh, other other teams in the Power Five that have under two and a half? Nope, nope. Only Stanford in the Power Five. I narrowed it by half for you. Oh, Only wow. Stanford. Okay. There are two group okay. of five teams. Um... Give me, golly, who's going to be really bad in the MAC? Is one of them in the MAC? Okay. One of them's in the MAC. Uh, We did the MAC preview the other day, so I've looked at these odds, and I'm going to rule off. Okay, so it's not Ohio. It's not Northern Illinois. I'm going to give myself a 15-second clock in my head here to think about it. Who's going to be tragic in the MAC? I don't know. Hit me. You got to hit me. You got to hit me. That's fine. This is is bad TV for me to sit here and think about it. I totally didn't know. Kent oh, State Kent has State, an over-under of two and a half. And, so and UMass has an over-under of two and a half. Now, obviously, there's a difference between Stanford and Kent State and UMass. But this is the levels that Stanford has fallen to that I'm able to very easily compare it to the University of Massachusetts Minutemen football team. The Stanford Cardinal used to be a Rose Bowl contender. Now, in this... I know you know who their new head coach is, Troy Taylor. I know you know where he came from. Sac State, a good FCS program. Do you know where he? Where did he go to school? You, no, no idea. Zero idea. He went to Cal, one of Stanford's biggest rivals, and you don't know that. That should have been one of the best, like, comical storylines of the offseason. This is a former Wild. Cal football player was on the Cal football staff for five years, and nobody knows that because nobody cares about Stanford anymore. This like this is this is one of the wow. most interesting things to me is that like Stanford has fallen this far. You are one of the most inane and, and obsessive college football people out there. And I just beat you with relatively simple trivia because nobody's paying that much attention to Stanford anymore. Yeah. It, it gets worse and worse. Like, I'm going to ask you for an answer. You do have how bad is Stanford in your EPA numbers? So last year, man, last year is real rough. Stanford was 127th in EPA per play margin, negative 0.12 points added per play 105th in, on offense 123rd on defense um bolstered by the nation's 130th epa per rush defense and the 108th rushing offense in terms of epa per play last year not great 
when my father listens to this in three days, he doesn't need to understand that EPA means expected points added per play. He just has to hear 123rd, 130th, 105th. There were only 131 football teams last year, and Stanford was literally the worst 10. It's it's too bad, and it's really illustrative of college football in the 2022-2023 era because Stanford can't hit the transfer portal. And David Shaw was frustrated and had – if you remember, he he went uh, he went underwent a bone marrow transplant on the day of a game a few years ago in order to help out his brother. So there were reasons for this fall, but it it is so beyond what we realized. And I think it's even worse than that. I, I have a prop here to show you how my mind works in the summer. You know how you get all those free credit card uh, applications in the summer. I had this on my kitchen counter this summer at one point and wrote down the note: Did teams not run up the score on Stanford? Literally, this has been sitting on my kitchen counter for about a month, and I did the math to yesterday and today. If you were to take Stanford's uh, the, the scores through three quarters and put that into an expected Pythagorean win formula, which is total points allowed, total points scored, and how many wins should you get? In their 11 FBS games, Stanford went 3-8 and eight through three quarters. They should have won .04 of those 11 games. The math there is a little wonky because I'm only using three quarters of the game, but like they overperformed by 2.96 wins in those three quarters of those 11 games. It's it's mind boggling. And what it really shows you is teams did let up. I know your numbers and I know Bill Connolly's SP plus and I know Brian Freeman's numbers all factor in garbage time. But you didn't factor in enough garbage time because you, your numbers Typically, it's if the score is X number of points with 10 minutes to go. No, you need to start doing that halfway through the third quarter with Stanford last year. So when I realized that Stanford went that much better than expectation last season, I will take under two and a half. I will look at them to go one and 11 or two and 10 this year. They're going to Hawaii early in the season. That spread was 10. Stanford is now favored by eight. SP Plus says that should be five and a half. I'm going to bet it as long as it's north of a touchdown. Jeez. Oh, that's rough, man. Like it just, it just as a barometer of your program, like look into the mirror. If you're single digit favorite against Hawaii, you're wrong. Like you're in a bad, bad spot there. Really, really, really rough. Yes, they get Sacramento State, but you said earlier, Sacramento State's a good FCS program. Staggering ratings last year had them at number 78 in the country. For context, that's around the level of Appalachian State or Toledo. Appalachian State, Toledo would be favored against Stanford right now. It's just this is this is going to be such a continued problem for this team. They go to Colorado. Maybe that's a pick them. And yeah, Colorado gave up 44 and a half points per game last year. Stanford can't score 44 and a half points against anybody. Like it's, you and I could be on the opposing defense and Stanford's not going to score 45 points. It's going to be that ugly. They don't know who their quarterback is. Their offensive line is a weakness. I am out on everything Stanford, except I can't look away. And it's not because it's a car crash. It's because it's such an interesting aspect of college football right now. Yeah, absolutely. One thing that I'm really noticing too is, is uh, if I'm not mistaken, Troy Taylor at Sac State really wanted to run the ball and has had some comments this offseason about how they're going to try to do that. Last season, Stanford was 21st in rush rate over expected. Given the situation, they rushed 7.9 percentage points less than the average team and their efficiency was awful. And so they're going to try to increase that rushing efficiency, which we know rushing is less efficient than passing. And that efficiency is low. Very worried. Think this is going to be a train wreck. I think the Stanford bet is uh, is, is a very sharp play here. Under 2.5. You got that at plus 120 at FanDuel? Uh, if I'm looking at uh, 128. Plus 128. 128. Oh, I love right. a weird number there. Yeah. That's great. 
uh, plus 128 at, at FanDuel. Um, I have a play as well. I think you've got one more total uh, also. And mine, I think, is a testament to shopping. And what good bettors do, Douglas, as you know, is they shop for lines. They look at different sports books. They try to find the best price, knowing what they want to bet. And then they make that choice. This bet, Douglas, I could have gotten this for minus 150, minus 120, minus 130 at different places. I could have gotten a half a game lower for uh, plus 125. And I was trying to figure out exactly where I wanted to be, did my math and everything. I like uh, Arizona. Five wins. We're going to go under minus 110. That's currently at BetMGM. Uh, so had to do a little bit of shopping. If you want to shop, Douglas, just like we do, that QR code in the bottom of the screen will take you to sign up through Sportsbooks for BetStamp. Make sure that you check that out. Uh, as well, you can get all the different sports books there, Get the, sign up for those codes and make sure you're finding the best price. Let's talk about Arizona in 2022. They <laughs> they weren't great. I think it's okay to say they were 56th in uh, percentage of drives starting in opponent territory, only 7.2. So not creating a lot of disruption at all. Um, Jaden Delara had a 5.8% uncatchable pass percent on open targets. That was fifth worst in the nation. They had the fourth most wow. tipped interceptions on offense. They were 10th worst on defense at giving away first downs on penalties. 39 first downs. Their defense just handed to the offense by penalties last season. They... Um, we're 96th in EPA per play, 45th on offense, but 129th on defense. And get this, returning production this year, they're 90th overall, 43rd on offense, but 121st on defense. So that defense was awful, and it's going to flip over almost entirely this year. Now, there were some good spots, but I'm going to tell you why I'm actually pretty skeptical about why those good spots will sustain. Michael Wiley, the running back, very good, 30.8% RPO on his runs in terms of charted. Now, certainly that's underinflated because a lot of times a give might not be counted as an RPO in that tracking data, but he was 5.7 yards per carry without an RPO, 9.8 yards per rush on an RPO. The biggest pro football contests in Vegas are back and bigger than ever with $14 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circus Sports. Enter in Nevada, play from anywhere. Two ways to win and no rate. Play Circa Million where you make five picks against the spread each week with 100% payback. Or join Circus Survivor, where you select one team each week straight up. Last the longest to win it all. $14 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircusSports.com for details. Hey, Douglas, guess what opponents know about Arizona and their running game this season? They're going to want to use it. They are going to run the RPO and we've got to figure it out. Um, and uh, you look at that and you couple with, they had 3.07 yards per uh, yards per attempt before contact, which was very, very good, but they're replacing three offensive line starters. They were five and seven last year with three, one score wins. Jacob Cowing, who they brought in from UTSA, uh, maybe UTEP, sorry, UTEP for Jacob Cowing, excuse me to the entire state of Texas. I think I messed that up. Um, but his, they brought him in to be this kind of deep threat to extend the offense. His long last year was only 39. That was the longest reception that he had last year. Was I right? Was I right first? Was I right with you? I, it doesn't say it. that right. I have that page open. It doesn't say it was two years ago. He's been there for a year. So last year, as long was only 39 anyway. And the passing game is only going to get harder with regression from the run of the RPO game. So there's going to be more pressure on Jaden Lawyer. There's going to be more pressure on Jacob Cowing. And last year when Michael Wiley was literally the most efficient RPO running back in the nation, 
they only could generate a long play of 39 yards with Jacob Cowing to J or Jaden Delara to Jacob Cowing there. I'm out. They uh, look at this away slate. The away slate alone yep. is enough to yep. maybe go under five. Mississippi State, Stanford, whatever. USC, Washington State, Colorado, Arizona State. They've got UCLA, Utah, and Oregon State all at home. Washington as well. They have a UTEP non-con game. That's extremely losable. I'm out. I'm out on the Wildcats here. I think the under minus 110, the offense was at its peak last year. The defense is going to get even worse. The regression is going to put more regression in the run game is going to put more pressure on the pass game. It's going to get worse. I'm out on the Wildcats this year. Give me that under five. Looking at their schedule, there are, let's say, five clearly winnable games, but you need to win all five of them for this to even push. And three of them are, yes, Stanford, whatever, Colorado, whatever, Arizona State, whatever. Those three are all on the road. And in this instance, Arizona really could have used one of those games at home. That page I have open right here is the Athlon magazine. And in skimming it just before we went on the show, I saw a quote, Jed Fish has two goals this season make a bowl game and sell out all six home games. Like if that's their goal is to win a sixth game and sell like this, this, Arizona Wildcats fans should be optimistic about this program. Jed Fish is doing a nice, slow build, but it's going to be a step back in 2023. I very much agree with you. But while we've mentioned the team twice, I want to ask you real quick. Why are neither of us betting the Colorado under? I just don't. Okay, one, because I think that it was picked over. So if this was in February and you get it at four and a half, I think, at one point, I think I would be betting a Colorado under there. Um, at this point, I think that this is too low for some of the prices you can get. If I'm looking again, shopping QR code, sign up three and a half sports books. Over under three and a half available at Neg 125 at Circus Sports would be the best number available at the moment. Doesn't do anything for me, right? Like I think that the the probability, if I'm looking at the distribution and I'm looking at the tail, I think they've got a long right tail. Like they have legitimately one of the top, I don't know, let's be conservative, top 20 best athletes in college football and Travis Hunter. Um, Shadur sure. Sanders. Sure is going to negative. I think when we talked about, maybe it was a different show. Sorry. When we talked about, when I've talked about Colorado in the past, I've noted that they had the most broken plays and the most strip sack fumbles last year. Both of those I, I attribute totally to the quarterback. And so if they can move that kind of floor up a little bit, you know, um, Kent, uh, sorry, Kent state offensive coordinator, Sean Lewis uh, ha- has run competent programs in the past. The tail there, especially being as low as three and a half just makes it not worth it to me. I just don't, I think they're going to be abysmal, but the talent is a little bit different. The trenches are going to be bad. It's just not worth it to me with, with some of these numbers. Personally, it's gambling one-on-one know what I don't know. I don't know what this team's going to be with what 60 new players. I don't know. And I'm not going to put any money into a thing that I have clearly no idea what to expect, but I will put money and do one more pack 12 under I am on the under five at neg 130 at Arizona state. And now I went and checked to make sure this line was still available just before the show. It's at win W I N N, which is not available everywhere anymore, but it's still across the country. And I am betting this because of news this weekend in a Saturday scrimmage, Notre Dame transfer quarterback, Drew Pine suffered a hamstring injury. Arizona state head coach, Kenny Gillingham went admitted in public. That was a quote curveball. To me, that's a unique enough turn of phrase that he's kind of acknowledging Pine was going to be the starter. Now, we don't know the severity of this hamstring injury, but it's three days later, four days later, and we don't know. The next quarterback, it's probably going to be freshman Jaden Rashada, who most people simply remember from the Florida NIL debacle. 
at one point this weekend, according to reports I was reading, Kenny Gillingham was coaching Jaden Rashada on how to spin a intentional grounding throw as a miscommunication, as a wrong route. That's what you're coaching this freshman quarterback to do. Uh, that shows how raw and inexperienced he's going to be if he has to go take the field as the starter many mistakes are going to follow. Jaden Rashana might have a great career, but he was not planning on starting this September. He was not planning on starting this October. Kenny Gillingham is a very good coach. He was not planning on starting this freshman that early. That alone gives me encouragement on betting this under five. Assume the market had already pretty well fine-tuned this number, and it hasn't moved because we don't know about the hamstring injury. So if you're assuming the market was about right on this number and now there's a good chance, somewhat of a chance that Drew Pine isn't available, I will gladly take that opportunity. They have a troubling offensive line, a troubling defensive line. Betting on a bounce back because Herm Edwards is gone is not enough to make me worry now that there's this quarterback question. Honestly, Douglas, I think I might tell you on this one. I I like this one a lot. Um, And if it's not Rashada, it's Trenton Borgay, who was not great last season. but. very low ceiling, I think, is the diplomatic way to say that. 6.9 average depth of target in, uh, I think, seven games and a 71.4% completion there. Like, they really could not – they really couldn't push the offense very much with him at all. Um, the talent level is not where they want it to be. I like I like, I like, like um, Dillingham. I like potentially what they could do at Arizona with the hot, the talent hotbed that is, you know, Arizona is becoming if they can get some of those guys to stay home. But I think the state of Arizona between this bet and, and my Arizona bet – might be kind of a rough season. Douglas, you and I might be sweating, and closer to time, we might have to make a beer bet on this. Arizona, Arizona State might have some under-over implications for our record on this show. Uh, it, it may, and we are doing that thing, and I'm going to do it again later, that I usually criticize you for, of don't don't bet the same trend on teams that are going against each other. Because Arizona or Arizona State is going to have to win that game, but yeah. I don't think they're going to win enough other ones for me to really care. Yeah, Stanford's I, I, I think thing, the odds but Stanford's just matter. not going to win any other ones. So I really don't <laughs> care. It's it's as much fun as we're going to have watching the quarterbacks of those top four teams in the Pac-12 that we're about to discuss a little bit. The the bottom of the Pac-12 is going to give those quarterbacks chances to uh, burgeon their Heisman candidacies. <laughs> Let's yep. put it diplomatically like that. I think that's a great uh, and, way to and say that's it. That's where. You have a a future, and I have a flyer. Let's go to my flyer first because it's a little bit out of conference. I was listening to the other show on the Hit the Books HQ here, uh, Brad Powers and Joey Kanish, yesterday afternoon. I think it was 5 Eastern. I was listening to the whole thing, and Joey Kanish started to make a point, and I immediately knew where he was going, and I immediately agreed. He pointed out that you can still get USC as a pick'em at Notre Dame on October 14th, available at neg 110 at DraftKings, or it's neg half a point at Bet Rivers, so a pick them. It's available either one. And to me, that was simply very easy to notice. There's no way that USC is going to be power rated worse come mid-October, barring injury. Their first six games, as you will hear over and over again this season, San Jose State, Nevada, uh, three teams we just discussed unders in Colorado. The teams that we just railed on for a little while, that's USC's first half of the season. Barring injury, there's no way they're power rated worse. Whereas Notre Dame has a North Carolina State, has Ohio State, has Duke, has Louisville before facing USC. 
Notre Dame could be power rated worse by then, at which point you might be able to pick up my, my logic here. Joey Kanish's logic here is pick up Notre Dame as a three point underdog, pick up Notre Dame as a three and a half point underdog. And you just created a middle by default. If I'm betting the future right now, I'm tying up my money anyway. By betting on this game and setting up that middle, my money's tied up for half as long, and I'm creating a better profit opportunity. It's a little bit of a flyer. I'm probably going to play it for the full unit, but since it's a different approach, I'm classifying it as a flyer. It's just an opportunity to realize USC is not going to backslide in September or early October. Again, knock on wood, barring injury. Yeah, that's a great example. And again, and again, on this show, we're trying to model thinking. And I think that's a great example of modeling thinking and saying like, hey, here's something I could potentially exploit uh, that really isn't, you know, consistent over the long run. Also a good plug for our friends, Kanish and Powers over there on, on Hit the Books, sharing our YouTube channel with us. My flyer is a little bit more of a legacy bet. Um, I'm going to take Utah. Is it a flyer plus- or a future? Uh, I, I'm a flyer. I don't have a future for the Pac-12. Okay. I admit the markets are pretty crazy to me. Life is a cruel and vexing puzzle, and uh, and and I'm not going to pretend to know anything there. But I'm going to put I'm going to put a, uh, a a little bit of a un- a, a tenth, I think, is what I've been doing. Ten out of a hundred on Utah to win the conference plus seven hundred at circa. That's twelve point five percent implied odds. Um, I like this better than a Utah total because Florida Baylor starting the season with uncertainty about Cam Rising could be disastrous and it couldn't matter for the Pac-12 championship at all. So you can just kind of throw that out the window. I'm not interested in a playoff. I'm not interested in a um, in a season total because those two, those two games with the uncertainty at quarterback are very worrisome to me. But this is a Whittingham vote here, even with that Cam on rising certainty. They have four preseason ranked teams on the schedule, right? That's a, that's a totally thing you're going to bring up and say they're playing a very hard schedule this season. Three of those are away. They host Oregon. But – Utah rushing the ball is what they want to do. Let me tell you the EPA defense, EPA per play defense rushing allowed from those teams they're going to play last season. 78th, 90th, 97th, 126. So yeah, they're traveling, but they're going to be able to run the ball against some of these teams. I think at 12.5% implied odds, that to me is looking like, look, if I trust Whittingham's continuity, if they can get healthy and get Cam Rising healthy, they could run over some really bad run defenses that I don't expect to rush. I would love to be holding this ticket in November, I think is I'm going to look back and say, hey, this is a pretty fun flyer just because the rust run pass mismatch of Utah versus their tough opponents this season is going to skew so far in the Utes uh, direction. So give me a Kyle Whittingham legacy vote. Give me Utah plus 700 as a flyer to win the conference uh, this, this fall. Just for the most recent update, as of today, I'm looking at Joshua Newman's Twitter. Whittingham said Cam Rising is still limited, and that's only 16 days before the opener. And it sounds like quarterbacks were live in practice last week, and Cam Rising was not. So he may most likely will not be available to start the season. And like you said, it's Florida and it's Baylor. But I do want to say another another game line that I'm looking at. This is not an official bet, but I, I know I'm going to end up doing it at some point. Utah was favored by nine and a half against Florida in the opener. It's down to seven and a half. I am a firm, firm believer in buy on bad news, sell on good. I will buy the market or the public overreacting to Cameron Rising. He's very good. I'm not trying to diminish him. But especially in this instance where whoever is stepping in for him has had all preseason to get up to speed, has had all preseason to game plan for Florida, I think the public is overreacting. I haven't bet this yet because I'm hoping to see it fall to an even touchdown. If I see Utah as simply a touchdown favorite against Florida, I will be on that, and it's it's me – 
buying on the bad news and assuming the public has overreacted, I will always take that route. The other uh, injury note with Utah, though, is if you remember first round draft pick Dalton Kincaid, tight end, he was the number two tight end to start last year. The guy who was ahead of him, Brant, and I don't know how to say the last name, Queefy, Kuthi, is still limited as he recovers from injury. You, you know I how? It was Keithy. I thought it was Keithy. There we go. I feel like a Utah fan so told me it was Keithy. There are there are worries with Utah, and that's why I'm not joining you on that seven to one. I really wanted to, I couldn't get there. I'm gonna play a uh, let's call it a big flyer because these are relatively short odds for a flyer. So I'm gonna maybe a, a, a fifth instead of a tenth. Washington at plus three sixty to win the Pac-12, available at Bet Rivers, and a big part of that bet is when they play those other three big contenders, they get Oregon and Utah at home. And does anybody really care about USC's home environment? I don't care how good USC is. Let me know when they have a home environment worth worrying about. That is a big part of why I'm making this bet. They have a worthwhile front seven. I don't think Oregon does. There are these questions with Utah, and I will believe in USC's defense when I see it. Just like Notre Dame's receivers believe it when I see it, I'll believe in USC's defense when I see it. And that leaves Washington among these contenders. There are, there are trendy picks. Oregon State has probably been bet down too much. I'm not going to buy the DJ Uyunglele revolution. Uh, we've seen the DJ, the DJ revolution, if you will. The DJ revolution is what we're calling it, but it's fine. Oh, Down come on, your I own work so hard to be close on saying his last name. I'm going <laughs> to use it when I can. We've seen touted quarterbacks move around before. And you know what? JT Daniels didn't get anything done. Keaton Slovis didn't get anything done. Phil Jerkovic hasn't gotten anything done. And yeah, they're all still in the game. Like that's it, just because a, a highly touted quarterback transfers doesn't mean good things are going to come. So I'm not doing Ohio or Oregon State. And there are people who are arguing UCLA because Chip Kelly has developed this offense. And before the show even began, we had somebody asking us, who's going to be QB1 at UCLA? Doesn't it have to be Dante Moore? And I, I just – it's not enough for me. It's that simple. And frankly, of the US, UCLA transfers, I'm more excited about Ball State transfer running back Carson Steele, and he's going to have a great year. But that's not going to be enough of an offense to keep up with this fleet of Heisman contenders that are the Pac-12 quarterbacks. So that's where I land on Washington. You, I, I get the Utah point. I, I wanted to get there with you. I just can't do it. Yeah, and the only thing I'd say about Washington is – I, are, are they going to, is it going to be a new defense entirely? Are they bringing in an NFL defense because of the pace they play and the defense they play? I just don't know if they're going to be able to hold on. I like their offense. I like Penix, but last season, 117th in EPA per play, they were 13th in defensive starting field position. That's a good thing. Drives started further away from their own end zone than, you know, almost anybody in FBS. They were still 124th against the pass, 97th against the rush, 108th at giving up quality possessions. That's not adjusting for field position. They, they 13th best team in starting field position on defense, still the 108th uh, team in allowing those quality possessions. I'm so worried about the defense, and I feel the same way about Oregon, about USC. That's why I don't think anybody at this top of this conference is really inspiring for me because there's so many questions for the defense. Do I like Washington's upsides? Yes. Do I like the odds here? Yes, I think the breaks between home and away make a lot of sense, but I'm scared off of it just because I don't know that I can trust a single Pac-12 defense. I hear you, and not trusting a single Pac-12 defense is part of why it's going to be so entertaining to watch this year, and it's part oh, of why these teams have all found homes moving forward after the 2024 season. Part of how they found those homes was their new homes guaranteed them millions of dollars, like $14 million, like Circus Sports 
wants to guarantee us. They won't guarantee us $14 million, but they are offering $14 million in guaranteed prizes via two NFL competitions. The first being the fifth edition of the Circa Million. That's your typical against the spread competition. Five picks a week, $1,000 entry, and there are $6 million in guaranteed prizes, including a million dollars at each quarter point of the NFL season. And then there's $8 million guaranteed. That's a minimum. It might end up being more than $8 million if enough people enter. And the Circus Survivor Competition, which is your typical survivor competition, except there's a few extra weeks, which makes it that much more challenging. The NFL season, pick a team once, can't pick them again. See if you can be the last one standing. Registration for both of those items, which, again, $14 million guaranteed. Registration closes September 9th. You have to go to Nevada, whether it's Las Vegas or Henderson or Reno. You have to go to Nevada to register, but then you can have a proxy help you carry on through the season. You don't have to go to Nevada every week, although all of us would like to. That's 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 what we should do. That's what Pac-12 schools should have done to help keep the conference together instead of splintering them on the Big 12 the Big Ten and TBD for those other four. But now that we've done that, now that we've acknowledged circus sports and their generosity and we've run through the Pac-12 ad nauseum, you were excited to talk about the edge you feel you, Parker Fleming, have in, in the Mountain West. And I think you, uh, you just went ahead and spoiled it when you logged on today. You threw it right there in the tag. Look, I got to I got to wrap, uh, you know, I got to wrap what I believe in. And I think we're only going to talk about four teams in the Mountain West. And I'm OK with that because I think that it's interesting. But looking at our bets, I didn't realize that going in. But as you were talking, I looked over it and thought, oh, we're not talking about that many teams. That's still OK. I'm going to start out here with, as you can see, my tag today, Colorado State Believer. I'm going to take Colorado State over five minus 105 at DraftKings. If I'm looking at the narrative of Colorado State last season, Norvell wanted a certain things at Nevada. They said, no, we can't do that. Colorado State said, my friend, welcome to the land of plenty. We will build a new stadium. We will invest in this program. We'll give you what you need to compete. He came over last season, did not have the personnel he needed. I think last season before, before football games started, we were joking about can Norvell run the air raid with like five tight ends? Is that just something that he could possibly do? Because the roster did not make a lot of sense. They've turned it over a little bit and they weren't abysmal, especially on the defensive side of the ball last year. Um they were 62nd in return, they're 62nd in returning production, 84th on offense, 53rd on defense. But their team talent composite was fourth in the conference. That's going to improve. Last season, they ended the season on a two and five stretch. They scored 16, 10, 13, 12, 17 points. That's not going to be the case. They are going to score more this year. Clay Mellon, super high completion percentage, 72%. He has the entire offense, uh, excuse me, the entire offseason off to drill those routes. Remember, Air Raid, Golden Rep, I need you to throw this 10,000 times and then you've got it. We are absolutely believing in the offseason of the Air Raid. Troy Horton uh, is the uh, wide receiver there. 28th in the FBS in yards per route run last season, 2.77 on a very bad offense. He had a 79.9 wide receiver grade from PFF and a 36.7 target share. It was almost like the Emmett Smith offense where you pitch the ball to Emmett, you throw the ball to Emmett, you hand the ball to Emmett. They really didn't have any options outside of that. They're going to be able to develop secondary options this season. So I'm very high on what they're going to be able to do on offense. I do not think that that offense will be as bad as it was last year. Uh, the defense was legitimately good last year they were 60 or legitimately okay let's let's be fair 
They were okay. Mountain West adjusts. They were good for Mountain West. They were okay. 68th in EPA per play. 57th against the pass. That's good. The run game was kind of rough. 93rd in EPA per play allowed, but 65th in success rate. If we believe that big plays are random, uh, we'd expect those big plays to regress a little bit. We'd expect that defense to take a step forward as well. So I'm going to go Colorado State over five wins, minus 105 at DraftKings this fall. Um, I Full disclosure, I'm going to go with a flyer on them to, to win the conference. I think that the offense should take a big step forward. They have a defensive advantage. You look at the schedule, um, they get MTSU, Utah Tech, Utah State, FDSU, Nevada, at home, they go to Hawaii. Boom, that's six wins. That's all I need for the over here. But then you start looking about the conference and about a flyer here, plus 1,800. Uh, excuse me, 1,800 might not be right. Uh, yeah, 1,800 at Circa. And they have Boise at home. I, I mean, I, I think this sets up really, really nicely for Colorado State this season to be a fringe Mountain West contender and to very comfortably get bowl eligible this fall. I am going to tell you on the flyer uh, with less gusto than you have. Uh, my tagline will continue to be a countdown. I do want to ask you, basically, everybody in this media space that I talk to, that I respect, has had a Colorado State play in the last month, month and a half. Does any part of you start to worry about group things? Does any part of you think, boy, we're all on this thing, and the price has moved, it's moved from four and a half to five, but not any further I, okay, so I will say I'm not worried about groupthink because I've been talking about Colorado State since the XFL championship game. Uh, and I know that because I did a live broadcast and I've been talking about it. Somebody, and I won't call anyone out because we're all friends with everyone or whatever, and I do not, I'm not interested in gambling, Twitter drama or anything. And that's not what this is at all. Someone suggested to a colleague of mine that I was tailing on Colorado State. And I just went back in the DMs and said, hey, I've been talking about this. I know the exact date the first time I said someone on Colorado State. And just because our pick show is happening, uh, you know, in August doesn't mean that I haven't been on them from the beginning. So I, I, I've been there for a while. I think it's there. I'm not as worried about kind of consensus or, or about what other people are, are thinking there. I think the market fundamentals are really, really strong here. I think the opportunity is good. And I think we've seen Norvell can get a team to its peak very, very, uh, very, very well. So I think the talent level overall is what's holding that total down in terms of the Sharps. And uh, I, I still think this seems like a very, very nice Colorado State over. I'm more confident about that. Obviously, I took it as a play. Um, but in terms of having a future for a team that I think is going to be easily bowl eligible and has the home away breaks that are kind of nice and could be in the Mountain West Championship game, I, I like having the flyer on their future here as well. You and I remember the XFL championship game differently. I remember not watching but collecting a winning bet because I had consulted you about offensive line play in the league, and I just collected a plus 450 future without even watching the game. That's all I really love remember. Love the it. XFL championship game. Absolutely. Now, you, Absolutely you, went, you went all in on Colorado State there. I am similarly going to go all in on one team here, and this is where – I have criticized you in the past. If you want to load up on me, I will take the abuse. Earlier in our shows, the past couple of weeks, I took the under on Navy's win total. I took the under on Army's win total. Both of them are Army more than Navy, retooling, redesigning their offenses, moving away quickly in Army's case, slowly in Navy's case, away from the triple option. I think they're both going to really struggle with that. And right away there, if I'm that low on them and somebody plays both of them, 
then I presumably have more win probability for that team, a.k.a. Air Force, playing both of them, and I'm that low on both of them. It goes further than that. Just as a real quick example, if you look at the average recruiting ratings across the last four years and you weight them so the older players are more valuable than the newer players, Air Force is 17 recruiting spots better in the country than Army and 20 better than Navy. It's a pretty distinct talent discrepancy on an annual rivalry. So there helps me get to the over eight and a half available at Neg 104 at FanDuel. Then I add in that they return nine of their 13 defensive contributors from last year who had at least 250 snaps. They returned four offensive line starters. They could be favored. I expect them to be favored in 10 out of 12 games. This adds up pretty quickly for me to feel comfortable about it. But the base aspect of it was that I, I, I feel the win probability in Army Navy should be higher. When I did an at-home win total, just real rough math, I actually ended up at only 8.4 with Ar with Air Force here. But I hadn't added in the weight of Army and Navy as I feel. Add that in, I'm at 9.0. And that gets me to the over very comfortably. And I still think there's a higher ceiling here. My future in the Mountain West is 5-1 to one available at Caesars on Air Force to win the Mountain West. You worried we're going to talk about only three teams. Part of my decision here is fading some others. Fresno State lost yeah. too much. Jay Kaner, oh, I'm going to miss Jay Kaner this year. Those late nights watching Jay Kaner, I guess the Pac-12 is going to make up for it. But we will all miss that. San Diego State has to rebuild and retool an offense at the same time. That never goes well, especially at the group of five level. Boise State's odds have gotten short. And they might have a little bit of offensive miscommunication. Air Force head coach Jay Calhoun last year compared Boise State quarterback Taylor Green to Vince Young. Boise State brought in an offensive coordinator from Missouri, Bush Hamden. You know what Bush Hamden has said he wants Green to do? Run less. You know what you shouldn't tell a player if they've been compared to Vince Young? You shouldn't tell them to run less. So that makes yep. me a little <laughs> pessimistic on what's going on at Boise. Those odds were already short. Best number you can get is two annual. So I'm, I'm pessimistic and the number is short. All of those things are so just ripped through Boise State, or ripped through Fresno State, or ripped through San Diego State in a league that really has only four teams of, above the rest. There are Flyers, of course, but above the rest, that leaves Air Force at five to one. And, and I really, I, I like that more and more the more I look at it. They they return so much in a league that has a deceptive amount of turnover as a whole. Yeah, I think the, the vote for continuity there is certainly understandable. And uh, I, I want to clarify, too, uh, my Colorado State play was a future. I maybe said flyer as a mistake earlier, but I want to go officially on the record. I don't know if we've shown the graphic already for Colorado State plus 1800 at Circa. That is a future. That is something that I am invested in. I'm not just a flyer. I, I, I'm, very high. I'm very high on Colorado State. Uh, and so I'll take them plus 1800 at Circa for reasons I mentioned earlier. I do have a flyer. And it's almost kind of similar to your Air Force play, although the recent history is a little bit different. I'm going to take Wyoming plus 1,800 at win. Um, Wyoming last season was third in success rate differential on plays with and without motion, plus 20.7. They know how to create leverage with this talent. Uh, this is only, what, a 5.3% implied uh, probability. They have a tough non-con, which is why I don't like a total here. They've got Texas, Texas Tech, App State, Eh, don't want to touch it. But if you look at their home road splits, 
New Mexico, Fresno, Colorado State, Hawaii at home. They could win those. Air Force, Boise away. That's great. You might, if you split those, you're doing well. And then UNLV, Nevada. They just ran out of steam last year. They're fourth in returning production. Craig Bull knows how to win at a high level. Last season, they had some suspensions and injuries at the beginning of the season. They did not have an FBS roster of defensive linemen. Like they just didn't have anyone on defense last year, especially towards the beginning. That's going to improve this year. I think the consistency argument, the returning production is there. Wyoming could be much better than we thought they were last season. Uh, and so this is my flyer is, is Wyoming plus 1800 at, at win bet. You know, I realize we, we discussed only three teams thoroughly and I'm not as high on Wyoming as you. I think their defense is a high floor. I just don't sense a real ceiling on that team. That's yeah. my take. But we discussed only three teams. We placed bets on only three teams. We used five books. We used five different sports books <laughs> to bet those three teams. And that's what should people that, do that if they want to be good sports bettors. That Shock. wasn't planning on the QR bit right now. But as I'm looking at this, I'm realizing FanDuel, Caesars, DraftKings, Wynn, Circuit. This, you shop and then... To make it easy to access those, that's the QR code. You scan that QR code, you're going to get a page with all the options. And if you want to tail Parker on Colorado State, you want to go to DraftKings or Circa. If you want to tail me on Air Force, you want to go to FanDuel or Caesars. You want to hop on Wyoming, you want to go to Win, And that, that QR code will just give you a page where all those available, uh, all those are available to sign up. I, I wasn't planning on spitting that bit out, but I, yeah, those we really spread the wealth there on books. That's that's about as organic as an ad read gets, I think, is that, is that right there? That's about how it happens. And will I say, speaking of organic things that worked out well, look at our time right now. We're about to hit our 45 minutes. That's perfect. Douglas, let's recap our bets and plays. Make sure that you like and subscribe to Hit the Books HQ on YouTube, on Twitter, Hit the Books and the Hammer HQ. Review, sub, share the, share the show with someone who likes football. If you think we're awesome, share it with people that you like. If you think we're terrible, share it with your friends in your Discord. Make fun of us and, and go the opposite and let us know how much money you made Make off of that as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do it, do it in public. Put us on Twitter there. Um, Douglas, give me your bets that you had this week for the Pac-12 and the Mountain West. My first bet, I in going through my notes as we were winding up, I realized I even forgot a bit of Stanford pessimism. They rank number 130 in returning production this year. And I know returning production is only as good as the players. But you know what's even worse? When they couldn't play over the bad players. <laughs> There's no version of the Stanford world where you can be optimistic about Stanford, which is why I'm on the under two and a half wins. Plus 128 at FanDuel. I'm sorry, Cardinal. I usually enjoy watching you. And keep an eye on that Hawaii-Stanford line. It's going to keep falling. You might be able to get uh, Stanford as an eight-point favorite. I'll take Hawaii as long as that stays ahead of a touchdown. I have Arizona State at under five, available at neg 130 at win. That is in part because if Drew Pine is slowed, if Drew Pine is hurt, Arizona State could be in trouble. And I'm placing a flyer on the USC Pick'em line at Notre Dame on October 14th. It's available at Neg 110 at DraftKings and Bet Rivers. Uh, a hat tip to Joey Kanish yesterday for first suggesting that, planting that seed in my head. That's just a good value ahead of time, and ideally I'm going to end up with a field goal middle. And I've got a, a what I'm calling a heavy flyer. Call it a, a fifth instead of a tenth at th plus 360 at Bet Rivers on Washington to win the Pac-12. I I'm choosing to believe in the scheduling and enjoy the scheduling matrix in the PAC 12 that will be entertaining all season long over the mountain West. I'm an air force over eight and a half and I'm an air force five to one to win the mountain West. Those are FanDuel and Caesars respectively. 
I, I, I'm just going to hope on that one and enjoy it. Hey, that's, that's the best that any of us can do sometimes. Uh, I've got, uh, in the Pac-12, we've got Arizona under five, minus 110 at Bet MGM. Douglas, the, the night is always darkest before the dawn. Uh, and then I'm going to take a flyer on Kyle Whittingham. I'm going to take uh, I'm gonna take Utah plus 700 and say, hey, I, I, their, their non-con's a little rough. Maybe maybe they'll be there at the end. I, I, I'll be happy to be holding this ticket in November is my suspicion. In the Mountain West, I'm going to take Colorado over five, minus 105 at DraftKings. Colorado teams. State. And Colorado State. Colorado State. He's Thank not you. taking Thank Colorado you. over. He's not I'm betting not. over five wins on Deion Sanders. He's not doing it. Don't do it. Donate that money to charity if you want to bet on Colorado. Uh, I'm also going to take a future of Colorado State plus 1800 at Circa. And a little bit as a hedge there, I'm going to take a flyer on Wyoming plus 1800 at Win. Like the returning production, like the continuity out of Craig Bull. Think they could do a lot of fun things. Douglas, this has been Never Punt, comma, Never Parlay, part of the Hammer Betting Network. And uh, on Hit the Books HQ YouTube feed, make sure you're liked, subscribed here and on Twitter so that you get all of those updates. You don't miss a show. You can follow our bets. Make sure you sign up using the QR code to get all of those uh, different uh, different sports books. You can shop there. And uh, uh, otherwise, we'll be back next week with some uh, season-long features with uh, Heisman National Championship playoffs. We've gone to all 10 conferences, but we're not done. We've got championship. We've got playoff entrance. We've got Heisman. And we'll start looking a little bit at week zero. Uh, you and I will be out in Las Vegas together for week zero. I suspect we'll have some bets now. I think I, I can't I can't imagine that we wouldn't. Uh, we'll be fun and we'll do a little recording live and in person, which should be uh, really, really fun as well. So, again, we'll see all of you next week. Thanks for subscribing. And uh, un until then, we uh, we'll see you next week.